Hello and welcome to Stay in the Loop with Lucy. This is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices and consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. This week's show on Stay in the Loop with Lucy, we're talking about parental leave. I went to a talk in the week hosted by Len Lease and Emma Walsh, the CEO of Parents at Work. The live panel included Ewan Bavman, the Swedish dance photographer, who I will be talking to shortly, Alex Laguna, the founder of Better Dads, Dion Palin, a working dad from Lendlease, and Matt Moran, a restaurateur and MasterChef host. The conversation, how important their connection with their children is, and the uptake of parental leave in the workplace. I'm going to go into that in a little bit more detail in part three of the show, but let me take a small step back first. What leave is available when you have a baby, and what's the difference between them? Maternity leave or pregnancy leave, is employment-protected leave of absence for employed women at around the time of childbirth or even adoption in some countries. The International Labour Organization, which sets the standard on basic principles and rights at work, has eight fundamental conventions, and their maternity leave convention stipulates the period of leave to be at least 14 weeks. Paternity leave, on the other hand, is employment-protected leave of absence for employed fathers at or in the first few months after childbirth. Some companies take it to a maximum of a year, but rarely more. Paternity leave is not stipulated by the International Convention. In general, periods of paternity leave are much shorter than for maternity leave because of the shorter periods of absence, and therefore workers on paternity leave tend to uh, continue to receive full wage payments. Parental leave is employment-protected leave of absence for employed parents, which is often supplementary to specific maternity or paternity leave periods, and frequently, but not in all countries, follows the period of maternity leave. Now, entitlement to the parental leave period is often individual. Each parent has their own entitlement. And while entitlement to public income support is frequently family-based, so that in general only one parent claims income support at any one time, except for that short period after the childbirth. Now, this last point is actually very relevant and will come up later or perhaps throughout the show Let's have a look at some of the statistics for Australian companies with over 100 employees. And I will, in fact, put it in context a little um, towards the end. The Australian government paid parental leave scheme offers just 7.6 weeks full-time equivalent pay. 52% of Australian organisations offer no parental leave. Paid parental leave for, for both... Paid parental leave for use by both parents is now available in 23 OECD countries, but uptake by fathers is really low. If we look at the rate for mothers taking parental leave in most countries around the world, it's 100 per 100 live births, contrasting with Sweden where the rate of women taking paid parental leave is higher at 366 recipients per 100 live births. Now, these are exceptionally high rates. They reflect... 
um, how, how the, both the high take-up and the ability of parents to take leave over several years and or in multiple blocks. Now, those blocks are, are limited to three blocks per year, as I understand it in Sweden, right up until the child turns 12. Now, for men, it's much, much lower, with Australia actually falling below the 10 per 100 live births. And it's worth uh, noting that paternity leave is rarely applied or offered beyond the first year in Australia, with some progressive companies offering it perhaps for the first two years, but certainly no one in Sweden's, in Sweden's uh, camp just yet. So I would ask, why does any of this matter? We have such a major focus on women being on the back foot. Um, you know, why does it matter that men, whether we pay attention in this situation to what's happening with paternity leave? The child clearly has one parent at home looking after them. Does it really matter which one? Yet consider the bonds that are built in those first three years of life build a foundation and they're different it's a different relationship with each of the parents. They each have different reflections. We actually need them both, not just one of them. And the people who lose out are our children, not to mention actually the fathers who start to doubt their ability and capacity to parent to the same level of the mother and um, as the mother with their children. Now, Ewan Bavman works as a photographer in his uh, country in Sweden. His English is his second language, but he has been brought over by the Swedish embassy and is um, having an exhibition um, at Brangaroo at the moment, which I mentioned in the show last week. Uh, it is all about Swedish dads and dads on paternity leave. They're beautiful pictures. I really encourage you to go down to Brangaroo to have a look at those. Here in this first part of the interview, Ewan talks to us about why it's important to bring more equity for parents looking after the children. He talks about the state of play at the moment. Listen out to the part of the interview that talks about the qualities that men bring. It's stunning. Welcome, Ewan Bafman. Why did you want to raise awareness of parental leave and dads being the primary carers um, in that time just after the baby's born? I think that's something that we often don't speak about, that the benefit of it, uh, not only for yourself, but also for the children, uh, what impact it would mean to have both parents present in your family hall. So, in, and also Sweden, even though Sweden is an equal country in many ways, we have a long way to come, to go, to call ourselves equal. Uh, um, I mean, it's only 14% that shares the days equally. So, it, I mean, mater uh, parental leave insurance system turned 40 for two years ago. And in 40 years' time, we only came 14%. So it's a long way to come go. Uh, and, I mean, 40 years, it was called maternity leave, and no dads was allowed to take a part of the life at home at all. So We always think of Sweden as actually really progressive and the front-runner in some of those equal opportunities between the male and the female. But as you say, when maternity leave was the, was the word that was used and uh, men weren't encouraged to take time off, that put a lot of pressure and immediately became a sexist issue, didn't it? 
Sure. And that's the saddest part, that we are in the front row. Um, everyone looks to Sweden as one of the, the country that is already equal. Uh, and, I mean, we have to... I mean, this is something you have to fight for. I mean, to acknowledge and understand the benefit of, I mean, the whole world, what the world would gain if I have a more gender equality countries around the world. And, I mean, have what benefit would company have of having a more equal stand in leadership? And what benefit would the family have uh, if the father would take part of it, uh, their life as well? And, and the children, which is upbringing in the next generation, uh, well, it's a big question. And it's such an obvious one. It's kind of a no-brainer when you think, well, why isn't there gender equality? Why isn't that our normal? But it isn't. And in this situation, particularly with the relationship between the father and his children, I think the father very often is on the back foot because he does go out to work. He doesn't get the opportunity to have that bonding and that relationship early, which I, I have seen play out in, in way too many families later on when you're trying to actually uh, have a relationship with a teenager or, or you know just coming up to a teenager. They actually see the father as the disciplinarian because that's all he ever seems to be around to do. When you started the conversation in Sweden, did you find that men were open to having that conversation about the, the role they could take on at home and the, the impact it could have on their relationship with their children? It was so depending on where you come from and which background you have and how your father were, um, to be honest. Uh, so you had someone to relate to. I mean, some have more uh, easier to talk about feelings and emotions. And some dads or father or men has a harder part of like expressing uh, the vulnerables and the things that's in their um, mind in a way to express that in words. And um, because of the society and also perhaps your workspace, that it's not so common and they don't have any role models that they can relate to in a way. So they can, I mean, it's about um, um, swimming against the currents in, in a way, because you need to try out something, a new way of doing it. It's much easier to go back as a breadwinner or doing the things that you're supposed to do as a, a man. Uh, and doing something else, it's, I mean, going into the women's world in a way. It's, and it's not about only men that you have to fight against. It's also about the women you have to fight against because a lot of women consider themselves better than men in the role of a, a giving parent. So, I mean, it's not only men's uh, mindset that has to be changed, it's also the women's mindsets of seeing the benefit of, and seeing that men are capable to take care of the children. Men bring a different perspective on something that we we do naturally as um, as rote, I guess, and sometimes I wonder whether that's the gift that we all bring to each other is a different perspective. Do you find that men were concerned about their standing in business with the stigma of taking time off to look after their children? Well, it all depends on what kind of 
class you are in, I would say. I mean, for me, as a middle-class dad uh, with an academic background, it's much easier for me because that uh, seems like something it's, which is good. Uh, I mean, people applaud me by being at home. Uh, I mean, I get a benefit of being at home from my neighborhood. And if you wouldn't be at home, that would be devastating. It was like you would be a, had a lot of comments from friends and uh, uh, asking why aren't you at home? That would be a, like a. I mean, the state. Is, I mean, we have two weeks. The first um, when the baby's getting born, and the both parents are always at home for the two first week, and that's like the minimum of and that's given. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's uh, above the, the the days that are given for you, the two weeks together, because that's something that they have uh, seen that's so important to like start the new family situation with all both parents present. So um, I'm absolutely fascinated by that. So for two weeks, the parent, the both parents are home, and if they're not home, then they are. Then there there are comments that come from your community that go, oh, that's you know, that's not very good. We'll have none of that. Um, they are showing your photographs in um, high-powered financial kind of business district. I can't imagine that the same policies necessarily would be in place there because there is an expectation that your work is everything to you. You go above and beyond for work, not above and beyond necessarily for people. What is your experience of what you've seen now you've come into this environment and you've started the conversation here? Have you found that people are receptive but can't or it's not normal? Um, I think it's uh, about uh, that this is, not, this is new in a way, uh, that people perhaps in a way has been um, not understand in a way how bad it is in Australia when they and when they see me talking about Sweden's system it's like you can actually put yourself in that shoes of wow how would it be if I would be in Sweden would I would be the one who's taking leave or not and also I mean, it's not a big thing being away from work. I mean, uh, because a lot of uh, um, people come back to work. And it's, I mean, it's no one who's taking your spot at the workspace. It's something that is, I mean, this company itself should be see the benefit as, uh, as well of it, of having the one dedicated to the work. Been, ha, have the time to go away and like rethink and maybe renew yourself in the way of how you think at work and come up maybe coming back with new ideas as well it's, it's, I mean the, uh, the company is it's only about, it's only benefiting both you and the company of being at home for a while and it's I mean it's so short period of time if you would look to it in a long-term perspective, I mean, your whole working career. Uh, if you would say be away for three months or six months, I mean, it's so small time. And even in Sweden, we have this flexibility, um, which you can you can take your leave during the first eight years. 
So it doesn't mean that you have to be away for a year or two. It, you can change it between your partner. So perhaps you will be working for two days a week. So I bet you're having the three days off taking care of the children during a short period of time. And that is also something which is good. I mean, both parents can go back to work much easier and not being relegated to stay at home. So, I mean, the flexibility makes it easier as well, I would say. And I really love the way you've made it about um, co-parenting, but job sharing, and it's job sharing at home as well as at work. Mm. And we talk a lot about uh, workspace and working parents, but you don't often so much speak about the children's sake in it. I mean, (laughs) it's because of the children and the bound you will create and something that you will gain like in the future future to come in your relationship and I think it's important I mean uh, every scientist everyone who's been researching about it says that the three first year is the most important years in terms of creating bounds and I mean from my point of view I have two sons and when they're growing up becoming teenager and uh, want to talk about this thing that comes up being a man and I want to be that dad that they could come to uh, and, and seeking for comfort and asking for help or whatever I mean um, I think it's important not only for them but also for the society that fathers can show and tell about emotions uh, I mean we, we would have a better society in the future and there were this survey uh, first uh, for a couple of years ago. They were asking children who they were going to if they were seeking comfort. The first choice was the mother, and the second one was uh, someone in the neighborhood, uh, and then it was someone in the school. And not until the fifth place came the father, and that actually was before the alternative of not going to anyone at all. And doesn't that scare you? That hurts. Like I, I mean, I hurt on behalf of the of the dads who who are perfectly able and capable and would be really cut by that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, just to think of how many boys that could end up in a wrong situation, wrong uh, scenario of not having someone to come to. Yes. So, what are the qualities that men bring? as themselves would that they can then share with other young men in their community or their children and I I ask the question because there are men who can't have children or who haven't had children and they equally play a role so that's why I ask about the qualities because this is this is about men appreciating what they bring and valuing what they bring so that then they claim their space in the home and in the environment about the it's not just the doing but as you talk about the feelings and the and how you feel it's, I mean I, I don't would say that it's a male or female thing it's something that it's good to have 
both parents like having two two one to talk to depending I mean it's, I mean that's for me I'm I'm talking to some issue with my mother and some issue with my father even though my ma- mama uh, isn't existing any longer so I only have my dad right now uh, and it's so important to have one that you can rely on um, but this thing is not only about um, um, how much a father can bring in but it's also about masculinity and how we see men and that men can see themselves as a vulnerable person uh, and not being the one who is really proactive and really doer that also can be the one that is given for the woman the, and, and show, I mean, be in that role model for your children and showing that you can actually do uh, vacuum cleaning. You can do the things that uh, is so womanized in a way. Absolutely. So there's that, there's that picture of what's a woman's job and what's a man's job. And it's about taking that away and saying, I can hoover equally well, I can vacuum, I can polish, I can clean, I can... But equally, I'm tender, I'm caring, I'm vulnerable, I'm fragile. Um, but there's a great strength in a man knowing that he can cry and that he can ask for help. If we would see crying as a masculine thing, then, then we would come a long way in terms of equal understanding. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it's so important to express that and, and you need those role models that swim against the current to do that because you don't want to be the first that's often you, you in the comments you get I don't want to be the first I could, uh, I could def- definitely cry but if no one in my surrounding does it why should I I mean like I can cry in my like in my closet <laughs> in my own way but express that yeah. Fathers clearly play a big role. How comfortable are they about talking about their feelings? For more of the effects dads expressing their feelings have on children and teenagers that last well into adult life, it would be well worth having a listen back to the Father's Day show on the uh, Stay in the Loop with Lucy website. In this section, we turn the conversation to the impact on mental health and the stigma attached to asking for paternity leave in the office. How might it affect their career, as well as the images we have of men and how these are challenged in Johan's pictures? Do you think that when fathers show that they have a vulnerable side and that there's an equal strength in that, I'm thinking about mental health here, that when men can show that they are allowing themselves to feel vulnerable, but they're equally still strong and they know how to get help, that it shows the, the teenagers or the children when they have problems that there are people that they can go to for help and there's a great strength in asking for help. Sure, definitely. Uh, and, I mean, women has much easier to asking for help as well. That's something men has a burden. Often I can see, I mean, that they want to speak about stuff and they want to cry and they want to do stuff which they're not allowed to. I mean, they're not common in doing it. They don't really don't know how to do it. <laughs> uh, 
this is something that you have to really educate people in how important it is in a way so I mean a lot of women go to psychiatrists and so on and I think it's a lower rate of men going to psychiatrists um, because they are too afraid of open that door from your lived experience and what you're sharing there, you're matching all the statistics that we're finding for men. Uh, men don't go um, to counselling as much, but they actually have a... There's a higher statistic for men suiciding and actually completing it. What you're saying, that the value of us letting ourselves feel va um, vulnerable and getting help actually will lower so many of those statistics that are damaging and uh, and may increase the age that men live to because of course the average age is lower because so many men um, take their own lives or die early as a result of um, all sorts of lifestyle illnesses. Um, what have you found in the conversations? Has anything surprised you in Australia from the conversations you've had? I was a little surprised that a lot of men are uh, afraid of being at home. Uh, because of the, they don't think that the company or their manager has uh, the understanding, uh, so they will, they will lose. I mean that they even don't want to, to ask for being at home because it would be a devastating thing for their career, and so they like don't even try to ask for. Uh, I want to be at home. They just like. No, I'm not going to be at home. Uh, and I don't think... It, I mean, I'm not saying that every manager would say that it is all right, but uh, they should definitely try. I mean... Absolutely. Someone's got to be the first. Yeah. And if someone says the value of it, then maybe that will make it more normal. And it's, I mean, it's hard to compare... Um, Sweden and Australia because in Sweden it is the state that pays for the leave it doesn't it doesn't it's not up, up to the company that has to pay it it's 8% paid by the state and some company pay up the the, uh, the rest of the 20% so in a way it, it's hard to compare because I don't know how Sweden would look, would look at, like if uh, the company was the one who had to pay for it because they have an economy interest in all this and it costs a lot of money to have someone on leave. Yes, uh, I understand that and because they have to backfill and they have to pay a lot of the costs in Australia. Are there any photographs that you've taken, maybe a couple of photographs that have really stood out for you for in the exhibition that you could talk us through? Um, yeah, it's a lot of pictures, but uh, one picture actually became stronger after being speaking about it and showing it off for audience. There was this picture of Jaran, uh, who's uh, in her is uh, having her uh, baby on his stomach with his uh, uh, shawl, uh, and he's standing by the window and looking out, and he's. Um, I didn't see that first, actually, um, but then there was this art school having this discussion around this picture, and they were so fascinated about it, and I was like, why? And they was like, yeah, often, how you, I mean, history-wise, how, how do you portrait men? 
Yeah, often on horseback with a sword and going forward in action and like killing people or doing some heroic thing. And often you see women as Mona Lisa and these Rembrandt paintings in really vulnerable, um, in a stage of mind of uh, concern or and uh, Göran is in that position. He's really vulnerable and he's like into it. Even he's strong. He's uh, have him hold his hand around the baby, and he's uh, as he has it on the stomach. He's like almost pregnant, uh, and that makes it provocative. Even that's good. I didn't saw that. I feel the stillness in that picture, that the stillness that, that we associate with women is equally in men, mm. and that uh, caring and that nurturing is equally in men, and we have done a great disservice by making it male, female, um, and clearly that's been triggered by a lot of the men who've been looking at it too. Do you find... Um, I found when I was looking at the photographs... They were very strong males, and yet they were in very... It, 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 as an artist, I would look at it and think that they were very female positions across the lot, even except for the young man who decided to put his baby on his chest and do his pull-ups, his, his chin-ups with the baby. I could see the, the strength of that and, and that it was much more male. Have you ever had um, people feel that it is um, effeminate? To take photo, to have their photograph taken in that way. Uh, actually, I was in the first beginning. I had 50 uh, fathers, and it ended up in 45. Since um, I took a lot of pictures, and it became really viral. Uh, a lot of dads contacted me and asking, "Couldn't I be a part of the, the picture? Um, I've been at home for a year or whatever." And I ended up meeting them and. It, they wasn't that good, actually. They had this vision of how they wanted to be portrayed. They were the super dads, the one that could do everything. And that's the, not the one I wanted. I mean, I wanted to have the one who could show failures and, and, and could see the vulnerable and see the tiredness and the hard work that you have to put in. It's not about, like... Uh, express and say to the women that this is something I can do. It's something that we share in a way, both uh, bad and good things. Thank you, Jan. It's been unbelievable to uh, have this conversation with you. I look forward to coming and listening to one of the talks and seeing more photographs this afternoon. Um, any past, any last words, if you could. If you could inspire people to believe in it more, what would you say? That this is, this is a bigger question that I expected in the beginning. Uh, when I started the project, I didn't expect it. But since I've been talking about it and I got so a lot of comments about it, I understand that this is the question to a more equal future. And it is. I mean, it's... It's so much bigger, and it's not about only sharing uh, the load. It's also about the society and how we, uh, how, what we would gain of having a more equal standing leadership 
than the equal pay, equal um, uh, like help out with and the children's upbringing. Uh, it's huge. Really has the potential to change the teenage angst as well, doesn't it? The problems in those teenage years with more men being engaged in the children's lives when they're younger, the, the role models will be uh, will be stronger. Yeah, yeah, sure. Did you pick up on that point on men being afraid to ask for paternity leave because it might affect their career? I could leave it at that, but if they are concerned about it in their own lives, then what does that say about the women in their lives and the women in their offices? And when they ask for paternity leave, what does it say? If they're carrying those thoughts that it's going to affect their career if they did it, why is it any different for a woman when she does it? Now, I totally accept that we carry the babies. I totally accept that. However, those those beliefs, they infiltrate so it's really worth understanding this is something women have been dealing with for a long time if we're going to bring equity and parity then we do have to actually go there and and question those thoughts and beliefs and support men to feel comfortable and safe to ask to be able to stay at home and look after their children and share in the care of their children they wanted the children they're part of that for both a mental and physical wellness of the whole family unit, we have to have these conversations. We have to address the stigma of staying at home and taking paternity leave. We're going to have another break now. And after the break, I'm just going to tell you a bit more about the Talking Dads discussion at Lendlease. Welcome back. So do you remember me mentioning that I went to this talk on Talking Dads at Lendlease? Well, Dion, who was part of that discussion, shared that he found it quite lonely at times, that he had in fact taken a whole year off for his first child. For the second time, he took only four months off, and I say only because it's in comparison to the year, but he really is one of the first people in his team. Now, don't forget, these are teams where it's project-based, it's teamwork, it's really important to be able to, um, to, to, to stay and work as a team and you're working to very tight timelines. You know, someone wants a building built, they want it built on time. The consequences of it not being built on time are very, very, uh, serious. But think about it also. Um, one of the questions from the audience commented that it's actually, uh, a failure in our managerial processes and our, our style if we do not allow people to not uh, to to be able to take those kinds of leaves that we need to work as a team and be very much a team that it actually brings fresh approaches to the team when people are refreshed and they're not exhausted and they want to be there uh, that it, they don't need to be there for their own mental health and their physical health but they actually choose to be there rested and um, and taking care of themselves. I thought that was a very, very interesting point. You know, taking um, a few weeks off is sometimes more uh, more difficult in a team than taking a larger chunk chunk of time off. And as difficult it is for the the parent the the workplace to backfill, it's really important that those uh, procedures are put in place. Uh, 
When we consider job sharing and co-parenting, really, surely they're one and the same. There's something that we do 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, for the whole year. It's not just compartmentalizing our work and our home life. I remember when we emigrated to Australia, we um, we had a company that was helping us move. And uh, my husband came home one day and said that he'd been told that if um, a happy wife was a happy life. Um, I laughed at this because clearly it put me up um, a little bit at the, at the time. And I realized that actually, yes, my when I'm happy in a country and I'm feeling settled and I'm feeling supported, then actually he can go to work and be equally supported and I can go into my work and feel supported. That we chose to have children together. We chose to parent together. It's not just my job to do a whole load of things and just his job to do a whole load of others. That just puts bizarre pressures on both of us to to be the sole provider or to be the sole carer. That's that's just wrong. We've got to share these these roles um, or these jobs or what needs to be done in the time that it needs to be done and we do it together and negotiate so for example I actually might be better placed to do a lot of the pickups from school because I can work flexible hours but you know I might have um, four jobs on four days a week which happen to coincide with school time in which case someone else we need to work out a different a different plan it might well be empowering our children which it was at the time to learn how to get a bus and a train home or to um, give them a phone a little bit earlier than we would do so that they can contact us if there's a problem or having someone ready to support if there's a problem but you know, empowering our children and then making sure that they have the connection with us, that they can talk to us about what they're comfortable with and what they're not and how it's going. Working as a team, we undervalue it and we underplay it. And then we go into roles and cause an awful lot of trouble for ourselves. I would also like to say that one of the things that came out of that, that I know from my working life, is that the foundations that are built early on affect teenagers. It affects them in teenage life. The relationships that we build with our children mean that they feel comfortable or uncomfortable coming to us when we have problems, that they feel we listen to them, that we connect to them, or we don't listen, we don't connect, and we just tell, we talk at them, we tell them what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. So if we have problems with teenagers, we do have to go back and consider how much have we told them that we love them regardless of what they're doing and their behavior. Um, How can we walk and live the change that we're trying to see in our homes? And could that have started right back in an office um, actually saying, you know what, I would like to take some paternity leave to to connect with my, my child lots to consider. You can say we're talking about babies here and paternity leave, but I can only tell you that the foundations we lay at that time and in those early years have an effect on teenagers and on us as adults and parents and aunts and uncles and um, friends and neighbours. It affects everything. This is just such a huge topic if you open yourself up to consider it. 
So anyone who is running a company, people who are CEOs, people who are um, in HR, really consider the policies that you put in place and the the um, impact, the ripple effect that that can have on us as a society. When we come back, we're going to talk to Emma Walsh, the CEO of the organization Parents at Work, who provides support for parents preparing for maternity leave or returning to work. Emma and her team have been instrumental in bringing this UN's work and changing the conversation around paternity leave in the business. Welcome back. Let's talk to Emma Walsh about um, why she felt it was important to bring this program and UN's work to Australia and to the Australian people. Let's do a quick recap of the state of play so far. 40% of organisations offer paid primary carers leave, averaging at about 9.7 weeks paid primary carers leave as a minimum. 32% offer paid secondary carers leave, averaging 1.5 weeks pay um, secondary carers leave as a minimum. 52% of organisations offer no parental leave payment at all. That's horrifying, just saying. 62.9% of organisations either have a policy or a strategy for flexible working arrangements. Listen to Emma Walsh. I reckon uh, she is going to start conversations that change that on a greater level. When we looked at the statistics around how we were supporting men in our own business, Balance Work and Family. We um, run a whole lot of parenting support services that are equally available to men and women. Um, and we know that 90% of the time we do a great job servicing women. 90% of women take up the service. But only 10% of men we were finding connecting with us and utilising all the services and, and uh, contacting us the same way that women would. And it made us think, why? You know, what, what's going on that we aren't having as many men access these really fantastic parenting um, services? So we started to think about, well, how would we get more men more engaged with what we were doing and, and how could we in a different way start a conversation about the fact that, you know, men aren't involved in caring as much. Um, we did look into the statistics and found that only 2% of men were taking parental leave, which made us think, well, perhaps that's why we're not seeing them come through and learn about parenting through the services we provide. So how could we change that? And we thought that an exhibition like Yuan's uh, would give an opportunity to see parenthood or fatherhood through a different lens, literally. And perhaps spark a conversation, when we see a father emotionally caring for our child, we can't help but respond. And particularly when we see some of the photos, um, they are unusual because we don't often see men caring for children the way that Yuan's captured that. And that made us think, oh, well, maybe we can capture an audience, a male audience that perhaps would be interested in learning about caring and parenting their children. What I've noticed is the conversations that I've heard you have, it's showing that if we can support the fathers mm -hmm. to step up more with the caring side at home, it's actually empowering the women as well to step up more at work and giving them the freedom to do that. There's much more equity for both parties in it. It's actually 
it's addressing gender equality without addressing, without saying that one's less and one's more, because men very often are the ones who lose out. They miss out on the joys of early parenting and parenting in general. Yes, I think that's right. I think the reality is that society really hasn't invited men into the who cares conversation around sharing the load enough. And we often hear, um, when we hear about gender equity, what are we doing for women? Um, and we rarely think of the word gender and men and support in the same sentence. So this was about starting to recognise that if we're going to bring you know, um, men along on a journey, if we're going to really create you know, equity in households where men can be providers at home as well as providers in the workplace, um, then we do need to start thinking about it differently and we do need to support men and we do need to notice that there is a gap in the conversations that are not being had. Um, and we even thought ourselves, how many dads-to-be get asked, um, so how much time are you taking off? And yet that is a natural conversation that occurs between two female colleagues or a, or a man and a woman where the woman's about to take leave in a workplace. Oh, great, so how long are you going to take off? Um, I don't think men ever get asked that question. That was one of the things that, that I picked up from one of the talks I attended was that that's a, such a simple way we can turn around the conversation. So in the organisations that you work with and who have hosted a lot of these talks, have any of them come to you and said, we didn't actually realise it could be that simple or there was a problem? Has attitudes changed? Yes, I think it's certainly helped organisations take another look at their male statistics, um, taking carer's leave, taking parental leave, and really made them go back and have a look at what they're doing to support or inhibit that happening. And certainly a number of organisations have been surprised at um, perhaps their systems that they have put in place are not as equitable as they thought they were and um, perhaps had a gender bias towards the woman, even though they refer to it as parental leave. Um, and they've started to look at ways that they can actually make it more accessible for men. So, for example, one organisation now has announced that in over two years you can access paid parental leave instead of needing to access it all in the first year, which, of course, now opens up an opportunity for fathers to be involved, you know, tenfold, because we know that in the first six months of a child's life and there's so much... Um, you know, emphasis on a mother's care and, and obviously breastfeeding comes into it. And so men don't really sometimes have the time in a, a child's first life, a first year of life to get involved as much as they would like to. So just one simple policy change around extending that to another year where you can access paid parental leave as, as a dad or in fact a mum, I think suddenly is going to allow, you know, so many more men to reconsider and think, oh, you know, my child's 18 months now, maybe I'll have a go and, and see what I can, I can do in taking leave and, and enjoy that without feeling pressured to do it all within a 12-month period. Have you changed what you thought this was going to be about? I mean, you may have one picture when you first thought of bringing Johan to, Johan mm -hmm. to Australia. Has it turned into something completely different or has it grown? Um, I think it's definitely grown. I... I um, totally underestimated the positive response we would have from men and women, um, that I, I do feel that we've been able to perhaps 
bridge a little gender gap in these discussions, yeah? Um, and that, uh, you know, we would have hoped for that, but to the extent that we've been able to engage hundreds and, in fact, thousands of men and women by making their pictures available in the towers where thousands of people work and have to walk past them every day to stop and think about, you know, their own families and how they relate to those images. Um, I, I don't think anyone, anything quite prepared me for just how powerful and poignant that would be. Um, so, yes, we had hopes, but certainly it's surpassed our, our hope because already, as I said, we've got some organisations changing their policies, and that I did not expect, if I'm honest. I, I didn't expect uh, within um, a couple of days of launching the exhibition that organisations would quickly jump on board and say, right, um, we're, we're pleased to announce this change. You know, So it really has been fantastic getting every all the organisations and people involved in sponsoring it to, yeah, think differently about the way that they do care in their organisation, basically. Hmm. I love Emma's point about society not inviting men into the who cares conversation. And we rarely consider men and support in the same conversation. It's really going to create equity in home and the workplace and we need to look at it differently. Ask everyone, how much time are you taking off around the birth of your baby? Not if you are, particularly making it a different conversation with a male as opposed to a female. How awesome is it that this project has made companies consider that there's a new way to make parental leave more accessible for men. It opens up the opportunity for parents as a team to be more involved. So what have we learnt? Simple policy change can have an enormous ripple effect. Now, fathers may want to take time to connect with their children and support their partners around the time of the birth, but there are a number of issues sitting in their way. Stigma at work of a man taking time off, the costs associated with childcare, the costs associated with two parents off at the same time. I mean, a father taking time off when the mother is already off can sometimes trigger the woman having to return back to work. You know, a small policy change can have a very large impact. It takes a village to raise a child and the workplace is part and parcel of that village. And if a dad helps out more at home, then the mums can help out more with paid work. It's a greater share of responsibility with a wonderful bonus of improved relationships with your children. Coming to the end of our show today, when you start to speak up about things that mean a lot to you, you're going to fumble, you're going to stuff up. But consider life as teen, as um, toddlers. You know, when they learn to walk, it they knock into an awful lot of things. It's okay. But we have to learn how to speak in order to be the change that we want to see in this society and in our own lives. We can't always be at the mercy of the policy that someone else has put in place. We all gain by having more gender equality, but we all need to stand up, ask for and use it and value it. Remember that regardless of what has or is happening to you in your life, you are and always will be amazing. The key is to reconnect to that place within you to learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body's trying to tell you something isn't right and then seek support from the appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health. And look for support in the community, it is there. 
The podcast for today's show will be available through the Stay in the Loop with Lucy website and on SoundCloud. And if you want to get updates, then please like the at Stay in the Loop with Lucy Facebook page. In next week's show, we're going to delve into the world of self-esteem and body image with a practitioner and a young person or perhaps a couple of young people who are prepared to go there with me. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you. Connect with the amazing people in our community. Be kind, be caring, be loved, be all of you. You have been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Thanks and see you next week.